Welcome to another Griffith University podcast. Thanks a lot for coming along and today I'd like to welcome Dr. Rizal Sukma, who is the Executive Director of the Centre for Strategic and International Studies. Um, Dr. Sukma is um, well recognised for his work in, uh, in security and regional relations. Um, he was included in the 2009 Foreign Policy Magazine Top 100 Global Thinkers. And uh, he is also chairman of, Internet, of the International Relations Division of one of Indonesia's largest Islamic organisations. And amongst uh, numerous other positions, Dr. Sukmo is also a member of the National Committee for the Strategic <coughs> Defence Review, um, which is part of Indonesia's Ministry of Defence. Today, Dr. Sukma is going to talk to us about emerging foreign policy thinking and trends in Indonesia and how they are likely to influence regional relations and policy in the Asia-Pacific and ASEAN. And uh, without any further delay, I'll hand over to Dr. Sukma. Thank you. First of all, let me uh, thank the uh, Griffith Asia Institute, especially uh, Andrew, also uh, Greta, for the invitation. This is really a you know, pleasure you know, to be here, especially this is my first visit to Brisbane. Uh, Greta has been telling me that you know, I've always been like, locked up you know, in this small place called Canberra. <laughs> so most of my visit to Australia is basically you know, to, you know, to uh, Canberra, even though I did uh, visit Melbourne and, and Sydney before. So it's really you know, uh, an opportunity that uh, from the very beginning when I received the invitation, you know, I really look forward to coming here. Let me begin by uh, saying that uh, the most profound debate in Indonesia's foreign policy at the moment is actually you know, on the future of ASEAN and the place of Indonesia within it, you know, because we founded ASEAN uh, together with other four you know, uh, Southeast Asian countries you know, in 1967, uh, but uh, there, were, there are also tremendous changes you know, domestically, especially uh, in, in, in Indonesia's politics. Uh, which, of course, you know, force uh, uh, Indonesians interested in this particular issue to reassess, you know, the the, 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 the the utility of ASEAN as a whole, and also, you know, Indonesia's place, you know, in, in, in the world you know, as a whole. I wrote a piece, I think, last, uh, last year, uh, which uh, really got a lot of reaction. I didn't anticipate it before. <laughs> uh, I call you know the new Indonesia's foreign policy as a post-ASEAN you know foreign policy, and that you know invited a lot of criticism uh, from neighboring countries, you know, especially scholars and also policymakers you know in Singapore, <laughs> in Malaysia, uh, and also uh, uh, triggered you know a debate you know in, in, in Indonesia itself, especially within the foreign foreign ministry. And then we got, you know, a deal, <laughs> especially with, with, with the government. They basically said, you know, well, in a way, yes, our foreign policy is basically, you know, uh, post-ASEAN foreign policy, but, you know, as a government official, we can't say it's a post-ASEAN. So let's use the word new activism <laughs> in, 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 in Indonesia's foreign policy. The assessment, which is not entirely shared maybe by, you know, uh, everybody across the board, you know, in Indonesia's foreign policy uh, uh, machinery, uh, ASEAN has been quite useful for Indonesia over the last uh, 40 years uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, because when we founded uh, ASEAN back in 1967, 
there were a number of objective, Indonesia's objective that could be fulfilled, you know, by ASEAN. Uh, the first one at that time, you know, we really needed, you know, a stable external environment, you know, uh, in order to focus on uh, nation building and also economic development in Indonesia after all this turmoil, you know, under uh, President Sukarno. So ASEAN in that time, we thought, you know, could help Indonesia to reintegrate the country, you know, into the international society, you know, especially within Southeast Asia. We were a bad boy. You know, in, in, we launched confrontations against Malaysia, you know, some even think that we should, you know, repeat that. <laughs> and, and, and also, you know, uh, we formed what we call the axis, you know, of uh, Phnom Penh, uh, Beijing, Phnom Penh, you know, and then Hanoi and, and Jakarta, and then trying to set up uh, a new world order. Anyone, you know, been to Indonesia, if you uh, see the, uh, the the parliamentary building, you know, in, in, in Jakarta, it was not meant as a parliamentary building before because it was built by the Chinese, you know, in order to revolve the United Nations. That's actually supposed to be the headquarter of the new emerging forces, you know, uh, organization. And then if you look at the uh, stadium, you know, the Senayan Stadium, it was not meant as the national stadium, you know, at that time because it was built by Russia, you know, where Indonesia was planning to hold the first, you know, games of the new emerging forces to revolt, you know, Olympic, you know, because we boycotted. So that was, you know, uh, Indonesia back in, in, in mid-60s. Uh, so ASEAN, uh, when it came about, you know, helped Indonesia to reintegrate itself, you know, into the international society. And don't forget also the fact that Indonesia was, and I think still is, the only country in the world that quit the United Nations in 1963. We quit in the UN. We think that, you know, Indonesia is much larger than the UN, and that no other country actually did that. <laughs> so, you, you know, that actually you know, demonstrates, you know, how, you know, uh, irrationality could also drive, you know, a foreign policy in, in the country. So ASEAN helped us, you know, in that context, you know, uh, to, to, to promote, you know, the reconciliations and also the uh, managing the intramural relationship, you know, between uh, Indonesia and, and, and the outside world. The second one, it also restored, you know, Indonesia's uh, international credibility yeah, uh, as, as a normal country, you know, after uh, Suharto took over and then established the new order. The third function, it reduced, I think this is very important, even until today, to reduce the suspicions of Indonesia, Indonesia's intention in, in, in the region, especially in Southeast Asia. Uh, it, it really reduced the suspicions of Malaysia, you know, and also uh, Singapore that Indonesia would no longer harbor some kind of the, you know, regional expansionist, you know, intentions. And it really helped uh, Indonesia at the time, you know, to reconcile with the closest uh, neighbors. And for fifth, uh, it's also ASEAN serve as a collective bargaining tools via the extra regional powers because Indonesia uh, was and to a certain to, to, to a certain degree still is you know, suspicious of any regional, you know, major powers and external powers. So we always, uh, together with, I think, Malaysia at the time, especially after the Vietnam War, you know, it's quite worried that, you know, the U.S. intervention, uh, Chinese intervention, and, and, and also, you know, Soviet Union uh, at that time. Uh, so, you know, we want to use ASEAN as a collective bargaining tools, you know, via the extra uh, regional, regional powers. And in fact, you know, it, it worked to that, you know, uh, purpose, you know, as also in the economic uh, realm. Uh, for example, when, when Japan in 1977, you know, proposed that uh, on a, a new, new policy with regard to the synthetic rubber, you know, and Indonesia actually used ASEAN, and then, you know, we came up, you know, with a united, you know, position in order to oppose uh, the, the Japanese, Japanese plan. 
Uh, fifth, it also serves as a collective regional diplomatic buffer you know, against any external pressures and criticism you know, of, of Indonesia. Remember the case of uh, invasions of East Timor uh, in 1975, and that ASEAN was very useful you know, for Indonesia at that time. You know, it served as a buffer you know, for uh, Indonesia you know, and shielding the country from the international criticism and so on by invoking the so-called ASEAN solidarity. Now it's being used by Burma, <laughs> you know, to that you know purpose. Uh, six is, is also serve as a ve vehicle, you know, to realize Indonesia's vision of regional order, and especially you know to reduce the region's reliance on external powers, you know, for regional security. And the Indonesian uh, government always said that you know uh, Southeast Asian solutions to the Southeast Asian problem, uh, and ASEAN actually you know uh, uh, serve that that purpose uh, for for Indonesia. Because for those you know who studied uh, Indonesia's foreign policy, I think uh, vividly remember you know the term coined by Professor Michael Lever, my, my supervisor when I was at LSE, the Indonesia's regional entitlement, <laughs> and Indonesia feels that you know it's entitled you know to play some kind of you know leadership role you know in, in Southeast Asia, and, and and finally of course you know ASEAN serve a very important function which until today I think still. Uh, serving that purpose is actually to ensure a stable interstate, you know, relations in Southeast Asia, which I think today it's come to the point where you know war has become you know in, in, inimaginable, you know, as a solution, you know, to you know to the problem. So it really serves as you know a restraining factor, you know, to a member state, you know, before they uh, decided you know to use force in order to settle you know uh, bilateral problems among themselves. Uh, which is in the case of Thailand and Cambodia is being tested, you know, to what extent that the presence of ASEAN actually can serve as a restraining, you know, factor for both countries, you know, so that they don't go into more, you know, uh, uh, deeper uh, military conflict. So we're quite comfortable with ASEAN, you know, that serve those, you know, uh, national uh, purposes, you know, for I think like, you know, 38 years, you know, before uh, dramatic changes you know, actually took place in the country uh, in 1998. Um, moving from you know authoritarian rule you know to a more democratic one, uh, and then all the other changes in the country actually uh, do not sit well you know with the, uh, the, the the persistent reality on the other hand of Southeast Asia. Uh, since 2004, uh, we become more confident again. There was this brief period after the. Uh, 98, you know, where Indonesia became very inward-looking, you know, especially because of the turmoil, 99 to 2003, I would say, 2004. We didn't really, you know, pay attention. We didn't really invest, you know, in, in regional corporations. We didn't even uh, do things that, you know, we, you know, we used to do within that within that context. It's everything's, you know, actually for uh, domestic priorities. But by 2004, 2005, I think, you know, a degree of confidence returned, you know, to the country for a number of reasons. One. We defied all the predictions that Indonesia would break up you know, and become like 20, 25 countries. So we defied the predictions that there would be some kind of balkanization in the country. And in fact, you know, only East Timor uh, uh, became independent. But you know, Indonesia still, still, still intact. Uh, we also managed to resolve, you know, one of the most bloody conflict in the country. You know, the Aceh uh, conflict, where 2005, and a peaceful solution to the problem give us, you know, the confidence that democracy at the end, you know, does provide uh, a greater incentive, you know, for uh, uh, political settlement to this kind of, of, of conflict. So it means also democracy work for that, you know, purposes uh, where the Achenese uh, separatist movement accepted the uh, special autonomy, you know, arrangement. 
Uh, we also, uh, even though initially we were quite reluctant, you know, to take up these uh, so-called, you know, the challenges by the radical Islamic groups and especially the terrorist group, but by 2004, 2005, I think, you know, we have done quite well, you know, in counter-terrorism uh, area as well. Uh, even though we didn't get the credit we deserve, you know, in this area, but, you know, if you look at uh, some of the assessment about the Indonesia CT, and I think, you know, Indonesia uh, can be said as the quiet achiever, you know, in a way, you know, especially... Uh, in dealing with the hardcore terrorist group like uh, Jama Islamia and so on. And in Indonesia, I think the country that arrested far larger, you know, uh, terrorists uh, compared to any other, you know, countries in, in Southeast Asia. You know, we, I think now we still keep like 429 uh, terrorists, you know, in, you know, in, in jail. And then the work of the Detachment uh, uh, 88, you know, together also with support from uh, our friends like Australia and the U.S., you know, I think it's been quite effective so far, even though, of course, the challenge is still there. And all these, you know, uh, uh, so-called achievement, you know, give us the confidence that it is time for Indonesia to return, you know, to the uh, outside world, and then especially, you know, to, uh, to, you know, to Southeast Asia. So in that context, you know, somehow the assessment of the place of ASEAN, you know, become obvious. If you look at all the functions that it served before, uh, you can go back, you know, try to look at and then evaluate uh, all those points that I mentioned earlier. First, you know, to integrate Indonesia into the international society, it's already done, you know, achieved. In fact, it's already achieved beyond ASEAN. So we are part of the ASEAN Regional Forum, we're part of the APT, the ASEAN Plus 3, we're part of the East Asia Summit. So in that, uh, in that sense, you know, ASEAN no longer useful in helping Indonesia to integrate itself into the larger you know, uh, uh, regional context. To restore international credibility, I think it's also been achieved. You know, Indonesia is no longer seen as a bad boy trying to wreck you know, the international order. <coughs> and, and, and the world is already you know, changed. So ASEAN no longer served that purpose for, for Indonesia. We don't need it anymore. Third, to reduce suspicion, you know, of Indonesia's intention in the regions, partly achieved, you know, because I do think that uh, Malaysia and, 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 and Singapore are still also, you know, quite suspicious you know, of, of, of Indonesia. But, you know, you know uh, as a whole, you know, I think uh, that uh, problem is not as, you know, strong as, you know, uh, before. Number four, you know, to enable Indonesia to focus on internal consolidation and economic development. It's also, you know, achieved, you know, because more or less now Southeast Asia is one of the most stable, you know, region in the world, you know, compared to other uh, part of the world. So in that context, you know, the external environment of Indonesia, you know, uh, uh, more or less quite benign, in which, you know, we don't have to worry about the possible invasions of Australia or New Zealand, you know, or China. <laughs> and then so, you know, so it really can uh, focus on, you know, uh, economic development without being worried, you know, to be disturbed by external uh, uh, rivalry in the region. So that's also achieved. To serve as a collective bargaining tool via the extra-regional powers. I think it's not relevant anymore uh, because the diversity in the economic interests of member states and also the development gap, different trade perceptions, you know, make it difficult, you know, for ASEAN to uh, have, like, united positions, you know, via any uh, external, uh, external powers. And, 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 and in fact, uh, even though we still, you know, cling to what we, uh, what we, what we produce in 75, the ZOP fund, the zone of, you know, peace, freedom, Neutrality is, well, I can't remember the, you know, anymore because nobody talks about it anymore. Which basically tried to keep the major powers out, you know. But that's not relevant, you know, because now actually, you know, uh, Southeast Asia has become quite, quite offered. So that purpose of ASEAN is no longer relevant, not only to Indonesia but also to, to, to other, you know, other members. And six, you know, the, the function to serve as a collective regional diplomatic buffer you know, against 
external pressures and criticism, you know, through the concept of ASEAN solidarity. No, we don't need it anymore, you know, because you know Indonesia has become a democracy. So we don't need, you know, these regional protections, you know, from uh, uh, criticism. In fact, you know, uh, the, the, the domestic criticism, you know, on, on human rights, you know, on, on, on lack of uh, democracy is far stronger, you know, compared to the other uh, uh, criticism. Even now, maybe when you read, say, you know, some uh, articles in uh, uh, Australian media, you know, it's quite mild, you know, <laughs> compared to criticism, you know, from within, you know, the country, the country itself. So, so we don't see ASEAN, you know, uh, we don't see the need anymore, you know, to use and invoke this ASEAN solidarity you know, to shield Indonesia from you know, any external uh, criticism. And finally, you know, as a vehicle to realize Indonesia's visions of regional order uh, and also to reduce the region's reliance on external powers for regional security, I think this is unattainable, you know, because you know, in, in, in this world you, know, you can no longer you know, actually you know, isolate you know, the regions because the major powers do have legitimate interests also you know, to be involved you know, in the regional uh, processes. But on the other hand, what is the utility of ASEAN, you know, for Indonesia now? Uh, priorities change, you know, in the countries, especially after 2001, uh, after you know the the, the issue of, of terrorist threat, you know, has become a major uh, global agenda, you know, uh, and also in, in of course in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, Indonesia since 2004 uh, made it official. So, foreign policy objective that you know we want to project a new international image. If you look at all the literatures, you know all publications before 2003 about Indonesia, uh, Greta is doing a study on Indonesia foreign policy. It always begin with a very you know familiar sentence. It says that Indonesia is the largest country in Southeast Asia, and that a natural leader of Southeast ASEAN. Right? It begin with that. Since 2001, suddenly that you know identity changed. All the publications begin with Indonesia is the largest Muslim country on earth. So it's shifted, right? And then within that context, we encountered you know all these image problems, you know, because all the publication, all the studies on Indonesia focus on this fact, especially within the context of terrorist threat. So the image was being created at that time. That you know, if you combine you know Muslim majority population with democracy, that's a recipe for disaster. So that's basically the international you know uh, perceptions of of 2001, 2002 of Indonesia. You know, because democracy also allowed you know uh, Islamic groups you know to actually articulate their political interests and role. And in fact, Islam has you know returned to the center stage of national politics. You know by uh, 1999, with the establishment of many Islamic parties, you know, and so on. So the foreign ministry at that time, you know, uh, uh, was quite worried that you know if this image, you know, actually is being created by outsiders, it could really undermine and damage, you know, Indonesia uh, as a whole. So uh, conscious efforts at that time, you know, was uh, made, you know, in order to turn the so-called democracy and Islam as liabilities, you know, for foreign policy, and then turn it into an assets. So the foreign policy pronouncements in 2004-2005 begin to invoke that you know Islam and democracy as an assets you know, in, in the foreign policy. The government made it you know its official policy objective, which is to project Indonesia's image as the largest Muslim country on earth, on the path to becoming the third largest democracy. So you know it has to be read you know, at the same you know at the same time you know these two uh, characteristics, and then within that context you know we want to play a role as the moderating voice 
not only between the Muslim world and the rest, but also within, more especially, you know, I think especially within the Muslim world itself. So that's, you know, suddenly become a very important, you know, foreign policy agenda. You know, in that context, you know, the, uh, uh, the utility of ASEAN is not clear. You know, we did try, you know, say, you know, to, uh, to also project our so-called democracy credential, you know, in, in the regions in 2003. Uh, I was involved in the process, but I, I, I tell you, it's, it's basically, you know, it's a lost battle, you know, to tell the Burmese that, look, you know, we need to make democracy and human rights as an agenda, a regional agenda. You know, even, you know, uh, we had hard time, you know, to convince Malaysia, Singapore and others. You know, our allies is only Thailand and Philippines at the time. Uh, but after, like, you know, banging the, 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 the desk you know, and scream, you know, in the meeting, we got it. <laughs> it put into an official document and then translated into the ASEAN Charter. But, you know, in practicing it, you know, it's difficult. So that's why we move beyond ASEAN, you know, for that. The Bali Democracy Forum, in which we work very closely with Australia and also with Japan, you know, in order to uh, project that new norms in domestic politics, you know, democracy as an agenda for regional corporations. So ASEAN was not very useful at that time you know, on, on this particular issue. But nevertheless, you know, we managed to, uh, to, to, to put it in principle you know, within the ASEAN documents. So ASEAN is marginal you know, in that attempt you know, to project the new image as a de democracy and also as the moderate Muslim uh, country. Non-Islamic state, eh? Muslim country means uh, a country with the majority population is Muslim. The second priority, I think, you know, we still cannot get rid of this hangover, you know, of this overly uh, suspicion that, you know, everybody else wants to break up Indonesia into pieces. But still there, especially after the East Timor saga, and now the, the problem of Papua is still there. And then, you know, there is still this suspicion that, you know, every other country is you not know, trying to really chop Indonesia and then, you know, <laughs> into small pieces. So territorial integrity, you know, is still paramount, you know, in Indonesia's uh, foreign policy agenda. Uh, it's become even much more sensitive issue. Uh, look at what's happening between you know, Indonesia and Malaysia. You know, when it comes to the question of sovereignty, territorial, you know, integrity, you know, we come, you know, we can be, you know, very, very uh, ultra-nationalistic, if you like. So, in that context, you know, I think the role of ASEAN is still important for Indonesia you know, to make sure uh, that ASEAN can continue, you know, to, to, to be some kind of spokesperson, you know, for Indonesia to the outside world that you know we really value the territorial, territorial integrity. But, you know, when you look at ASEAN as a whole, you know, because it's an inability, you know, to respond quickly, you know, to the strategic changes in the regions, uh, it, it really gave Indonesia a hard time as well, you know, because, you know, uh, as the, the, the regions change and then the, the, the theater is actually expanding from only Southeast Asia into wider East Asia, in fact, now maybe, you know, to uh, Asia Pacific, uh, then, you know, we really need, you know, ASEAN to consolidate further and then to move, you know, uh, faster. But, you know, it, 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 it's very difficult. So in that context, you know, we begin to question how useful is ASEAN for us in order to cope with the strategic changes brought about by, you know, the rise of China, the arrival of India, uh, and also, I think, you know, uh, decline of, of, of Japan and also the continued primacy of the U.S. So in that context, and I would like to make a note that, you know, for me, I'm more worried about the possible decline of Japan rather than the rise of China. With the rise of China, you know, we have done a lot of, basically, you know, studies, you know, a lot of work has been done, you know, to look at what implication it, it might be, you know, of this uh, rise of China. But I don't think that we really understand yet what implication it might have once, you know, Japan really recede into irrelevance, you know, as an actor. Because these days, you know, hardly, you know, uh, Japan is hardly mentioned whenever you talk about this geopolitical changes, you know, in, in, in 
the region. So I think you know, we need to pay more attention to that and how to make sure that Japan would not feel that it's being really marginalized you know, in the uh, process of change. And economic cooperation you know, to, to assist uh, domestic recovery and I think ASEAN, ASEAN's utility is also limited you know, because uh, for Indonesia, I think you know, we still look beyond ASEAN, especially now China. You know, and also uh, perhaps you know, uh, uh, India as a new source you know, of the uh, economic growth in, in, in the country. So within that context, the ASEAN economic cooperation has always been problematic you know, for Indonesia for domestic political reasons. So if you look at Indonesia's role you know, in political and security field in ASEAN, you know, we are far more advanced and you know, we want more progress. But you know, in our economic term, we are the problem. You know, because you know Indonesia you know cannot move very fast, especially when it comes to the free trade you know agreement you know and so on. And in fact, within the ASEAN Economic Community Blueprint, you know we are being criticised by other ASEAN countries for not living up to the commitment you know that yeah, back in 1999. So in that context, you know the the, the utility of ASEAN as economic vehicles is also being you know being being questioned. But we do believe that ASEAN is very important for ensuring you know regional stability in the sense. Uh, you, know, you know, we still in ASEAN to ensure that interstate relations will continue to be peaceful in, in the regions. So within that context, Indonesia has become, I think, one, what I call as a regional dissenting voice, especially when it comes to the questions of, you know, democracy and human rights. Through that, we also been criticized that, you know, look, you know, why are you trying to sell democracy and human rights, you know, in the regions while, you know, we still actually preoccupied with the same problem back home. No, but my argument, uh, counter argument today is that look, the merits of Indonesia's attempt to project this democracy and also human rights onto regional politics or regional agenda doesn't lie with the fact whether Indonesia has become a mature democracy. But you know, we should assess that uh, from the fact that you know we are becoming one. You know, we are trying to be one. So I think the merits of Indonesia's role in that context should be you know framed within that context because we can't wait you know until you know Indonesia has become you know consolidated democracy. Then we start talking about these abuses in Myanmar or abuses in other part of Southeast Asia. And in fact, we're being criticised for not doing much when it comes to, you know, you know, to, you know, to Burma. So that's why, even though we're not perfect yet, you know, but we also try to, you know, uh, put these two norms, you know, on the regional agenda. But also serve a very important domestic, you know, uh, purpose. When Indonesia begin to talk about important democracy, human rights at the regional level, you know, so. Whenever anti-democratic forces, you know, try to reverse the process back home, you now we can tell them that look, hey, you can't do that because we're already selling this idea abroad. <laughs> no. So it really, you know, I think serve you know that purpose as well, you know, to, to for domestic political uh, objective. Uh, beyond the uh, ASEAN agenda, you know, I think especially President Yudhoyono is very much interested, you know, to, to to see Indonesia playing a greater role, you know in the global affairs. So he really takes seriously our uh, position within the G20 uh, and also now you know, within the wider regional architecture you know, in Asia Pacific. So I suspect at that time you know, when, when Prime Minister Kevin Rudd came up with this idea that we need the Asia Pacific community that you know, uh, Indonesia I think is more open to the idea compared to other you know, ASEAN, ASEAN countries. You know, because we do see the need for Indonesia to move beyond only like you know in Southeast Asia to East Asia and then to Asia Pacific, uh, but also uh, uh, within the G20. You know, because for us, it's not a question. You know, it's not a choice anymore whether we want to play a regional role only or a global role. You know, because we're already there together with Australia. So we need really to think about you know what kind of contribution that we want to make you know, within that 
uh, global uh, platforms of such as the, the Immunology 20. We also begin to focus and develop what we call the key strategy partnership you know, with uh, major regional uh, powers and also global powers, uh, starting with, I think, in, uh, Australia, such partnership with Australia, with India, with uh, South Korea, with China, and also uh, now with the U.S. is coming up, you know, uh, the so-called comprehensive partnership. This is a new thing because, you know, uh, for 30 years, Indonesia focused too much, you know, on multilateralism. So we didn't really, you know, uh, try to nurture specific uh, relationship with, you know, certain, you know, uh, key strategic uh, players, you know, in, in Asia-Pacific. So uh, since 2002, you know, we started uh, uh, this, you know, uh, important, uh, paying attention to the important bilateral uh, relationships, you know, uh, outside ASEAN. And then, you know, we completed that process uh, with, with the U.S., you know, through the comprehensive uh, partnership. So that's also indicate that, you know, uh, ASEAN maybe is too small for Indonesia, so that's why, you know, we need also to restructure our foreign policy with, you know, with, with major powers. Uh, finally, let me make a small note on the latest development uh, in relation to this, you know, especially in our chairmanship uh, next year uh, of ASEAN. We're supposed to chair ASEAN in 2013, but somehow last, uh, early this year we decided maybe we need to swap that with Brunei. Brunei is supposed to chair ASEAN next year. And, of course, Brunei gladly agreed. <laughs> and, and, and now suddenly, you know, we broke the 43 years tradition of ASEAN, you know, of chairing ASEAN, you know, through this rotational basis. It's the first time. Uh, it serves a number of purposes. First, uh, we don't have to chair both ASEAN and IPEC in 2013. So five summit is too much. <laughs> so now we split it. Uh, because in ASEAN, we have three summits to organize, you know, next year. You know, East Asia Summit and then two ASEAN Summit. That's already held. And then, you know, uh, uh, IPEC in 2013. The unintended implication of that, you know, we realized that after we decided to swap the chairmanship, is that it make it difficult for Burma to reclaim the chairmanships of ASEAN. Now, because, you know, in that leaders' meeting, you know, after President Yudhoyono announced that, you know, Indonesia will chair ASEAN next year, uh, Hun Sen stood up and then he said, look, you know, uh, 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 nobody take, you know, Cambodian, you know, turn next year, right? And then that means, you know, 2012 Cambodia, 2013 Brunei, and then after Brunei would be Laos, and then Malaysia. So I think Myanmar has to wait for the next six years <laughs> before it can reclaim. Because I was worried, once the election is done in November this year, and then Burma can just go to ASEAN and say, look, you know, I did the election, no, I would like to chair ASEAN. If that happens, it would be difficult for ASEAN to say no, because that was the deal, you know, when you know, we uh, asked Burma to skip <laughs> the chairmanship a couple of years ago. So that's the second, uh, I think, you know, unintended objective that's been served, you know, by, you know, by, uh, by the decision. And third, I think uh, we are also quite worried that a lot of targets of the so-called ASEAN community has not been fulfilled. And then, you know, this is, I mean, the, the minister also made a public statement that, you know, we need to step in uh, to fill in the so-called, you know, leadership vacuum within, you know, uh, Southeast Asia and then try to push you know, ASEAN you know, further. You know, because we do think, even though we're quite frustrated with ASEAN also, but at the same time, you know, we need you know, to push the association further you know, to really uh, implement what it already pledged. So that's why you know, I think the responsibility to implement uh, is going to be you know, the theme you know, of the uh, Indonesia's chairmanship next year. So we will look at you know, what are the priorities and then you know, how we can uh, uh, push ASEAN you know, to really uh, implement uh, all this agreement. And there are a number of agenda that we are thinking, you know, for our championship next year. One is democracy and human rights. 
So we need to use our chairmanship actually to strengthen the ASEAN Commission on Human Rights. Because at the moment, you know, ASEAN only agreed to take up the promotion side of human rights, but not on the protection side. But Indonesia made a note at the time that, you know, look, you know, this is, you know, uh, not acceptable, so we need also to include, you know, the uh, protection side. But we will focus also, I think, on the importance of these uh, migrant workers' rights and women's rights, you know, because human trafficking is a serious problem, and then migrant workers' rights is really a problem for Indonesia and also for, for the Philippines. So we will push for, you know, a better arrangement, better agreement, better framework, uh, where we can really protect the rights of the migrant workers. And third, probably, I'm not sure yet whether the foreign ministry already decided or not, the importance of South China Sea to be resolved, you know, especially in terms of the current uh, tensions. And I think, uh, you know, we need, and I think the opportunity is that now, you know, to, to go to China and tell them that, look, you know, we need to go back to agreement in 2002, that, you know, we need to develop the code of conduct in which, you know, ASEAN and China uh, should settle, you know, this, this problem. If China doesn't want to, you know, go back to that agreement, then, you know, we can't do anything if the U.S. wants to get involved. And then the statement, in a way, I shouldn't say this, maybe, the statement by Secretary Clinton, in a way, helped us. <laughs> you know, that China is so worried that this issue will be internationalized, so it would be more incentive, you know, for Beijing, actually, to go back to that 2002 uh, agreement uh, to solve the problem within the ASEAN-China uh, framework. And finally, uh, I think uh, we're thinking about, you know, reinvesting again in the ASEAN Secretariat. Because ASEAN Secretariat is, is, is important, but, you know, underfunded, uh, understaffed, you know, as well, uh, simply because the CV uh, formula that ASEAN used for the uh, annual uh, contribution of member state. The formula now is basically uh, we will follow the lowest amount of money that any member country can contribute. So say, uh, if Laos say, well, I don't have much money, so this year I'm going to contribute 500,000 US per year. And then all the countries, including Singapore, would contribute 500,000. So probably uh, the, the salary maybe go up and down, I don't know. Because uh, and for, for, for this year, Laos contributed 1 million. So ASEAN Secretary has budget 10 million. So if next year, you know, Laos 500,000, the budget will go down to 5 million. You know, so maybe probably they would, uh, would have to ask, you know, uh, uh, outside to pay the salary for the second gen. Uh, so, you know, you know, I think this is need to be resolved. You know, otherwise, uh, uh, all this, you know, pledge, all this uh, agreement that ASEAN should play, you know, more constructive role, more active role, you know, cannot be, you know, cannot be uh, uh, fulfilled. So that's, I think, you know, where Indonesia is, you know, with regard to, you know, ASEAN and also the uh, wider uh, regional architecture uh, 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 issue in Asia Pacific, in which uh, we already agreed that you know, the U.S. and Russia should be full members of the East Asia Summit. And that hopefully you know, will take place next year, you know, when Indonesia chair the East Asia Summit, and then hopefully uh, the U.S. President can come also you know, for that first meeting, if you know, the U.S. join you know, the East Asia Summit next year. So that's going to be, you know, I think, the end of this debate that you know, former Prime Minister Rudd started you know, about the new regional architecture, in which you know, we need a new uh, platform where all the major powers, you know, uh, uh, can, 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 can be uh, members and participate. But on the uh, concluding note, I would like to say also that we should not, I think, let the major powers, you know, to decide what is good and what is bad for, you know, the regions. So that's why I'm a strong advocate of the KIA, you know, concept. 
So I think as the utility of ASEAN is limited, the KIA countries should get closer together and also try to shape you know, the uh, future of regional architecture. Korea, Indonesia, and Australia. And because we, sh you know, I think we are in a position, you know, to prevent two worst scenario for the uh, for the regions. The first one, I think we should prevent the establishment of concept of powers among the major powers, because you know it's also likely that Japan, China, India, you know, U.S. will come together. Why should we go to ASEAN, you know, to you know, coordinate our our interests? You know? Why don't we just sit together, and then concept of powers will be formed. And that is not good for religions. But at the same time, we should also prevent, you know, the emergence of this, you know, competitive relationship among the major powers, because that is also not good for us. So that means, you know, uh, some kind of role for the so-called middle powers, you know, the key countries, you know, I think it's also important to ensure that uh, regional voice and regional agenda will be firm, you know, on, on level. So otherwise, the, the future of, you know, Asia Pacific, you know, would be difficult to manage. Thank you very, very much. For more Griffith University podcasts, go to www.griffith.edu.au forward slash podcasts.